0: so traditional teaching with thiosux tube and uh, now uh, modern thinking is that that's not necessarily true that other induction agents such as propofol are acceptable in fact probably confer less risk than thiopentone which um, has become increasingly unfamiliar to uh, modern day anaesthetists
1: Okay, hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Um, This week I've got Graham and Matt, so yeah, been here before and we were going to like talk about what we're going to, the the plan for the podcast and then I said no, let's just go for it. Yep. So it's pretty unscripted. Um, This is to address uh, one of the um, things that come up in the poll that I set up and then completely ignored for about nine months now. (laughs) I think about 12 or 13 people have voted for us to talk about different anesthetic induction drugs. So, um, based on that request, we've done absolutely no sort of like formal literature review or <laughs> or appraisal of the ev- of the evidence. We're just going to talk about it and uh, um, yeah, just talk around the subject. Basically, I don't know
0: Con- so controversies pretty- and and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. consensus from Linda's broom cupboard.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, which is our recording studio. So, uh, I know that um, that um, there's a What's the traditional sort of like stock standard like teaching for how, for the drugs you're supposed to use to do a GACs from, I don't know, 15, 15 years ago? Thio sucks. Thio <laughs> tube. S- S- <laughs> S- <laughs> Thio sucks tube, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's quite a, that's quite a, a well-known phrase. So I thought maybe we should, um, let's just talk about like a scenario. So you've got a woman she has in labour and they um, notice she has, she's had a cord prolapse, so she's come rushing the theatre um, with a cord hanging out. She's she's fit and healthy, but everyone's worried about the baby. And they and they go, there's no time for you to do a spinal or epidural or anything. You've got to knock her out, doc. <laughs> Get hurry up, the baby's dying. So, um, well, I, I would what question.
2: I would question first of all whether the baby was dying. Yeah, and um, consider. Um, just taking some pressure off the cord and thinking about a regional block. Yep. You could and, do that. Um, yep. Decategorizing the cesarean section two, category two.
1: Yep. Okay. You've ruined but the whole podcast. That. So <laughs> let's talk. What, so now we can talk about ligand gain now. <laughs> 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 okay. Let's assume that we don't know how to do that, that we, um, we have to do a general aesthetic. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so traditional teaching with thiosux tube and uh, yeah. now uh, modern thinking is that that's ne- not necessarily true, yep. that other induction agents such as propofol are acceptable, in fact probably confer less risk yep. than thiopentone which um, has become increasingly unfamiliar to uh, modern day anaesthetists. Yep. Both its dose, uh, then its risk of being uh, confused for other drugs, for example, antibiotics. Yep. Uh, and then other muscle relaxants are also uh, considered appropriate, such as the use of rocuronium. Yep. <coughs>
1: and I think um, that some, uh, some parts of the world don't even have um, thiopine available, do they, Matt? Mm, that's right, yeah. And it's been out of use in the US for many years now.
2: Yeah. And, and also its supply is unsteady in other parts of the world as well. Yeah. Mm. I know we had a shortage
1: here for a while as well.
0: From time to time we get the Italian version.
1: Yep. And uh, I actually I was just thinking about it before we sat down. I, I haven't used down for at least five or six years. Mm. I think the last time I used it was in an ECT list at um, Fremantle Hospital. Mm. Uh, sometimes they, uh, we'd use that because it's the uh, psychiatrist thought it was less anti-epileptic. Mm. Which is an unusual thing to say because barbiturates are like classic, the classic <laughs> anti convulsant, aren't they? Um, but he, he felt that um, diapentone was a bit less uh, anti convulsant than the propofol, probably just because of the do- dose, I reckon, not on mm. the drug.
0: I mean, one of the problems <clears> is that propofol isn't licensed in Australia for use in pregnancy.
1: Yeah, but most drugs aren't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and most drugs haven't been studied in Brinksy, so yeah. And
2: interestingly, even though thiopentone is, when you actually read the um, summary product characteristics, it's only licensed for doses up to 250 milligrams. Right, which which is is
1: asking people to be awake, isn't (laughs) it? Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, like I suspect that (coughs) if we asked most of our um, trainees who are the ones who are here after hours and are dealing with most of the cord probes, Mm -hmm. et cetera, of fetal bradycardias, uh, most of them have never used it and they would be... Very unfamiliar with what dose to give. Exactly, and I think that's
2: really important consideration because most of obstetric general anaesthesia happens in the emergency situation. Yep. So that's the time you don't want to start playing around with a drug you're unfamiliar with.
0: Yep. Do we even have it on the trolley? So I tried
2: we to get it, I, we had a I tried to get it
1: removed, but there is still an ampule on the, the um, after hours theatre trolley. Yep.
2: Yep. So So recent survey in the UK suggests that the use of thiopentone is declining in the obstetric general anaesthetic world. Yep. But it's still I'd say much higher than it is over here in Australia. Hmm. Yeah. I remember when I sort of flitted between here and the UK and yep. never used thiampentone here and it seemed so much easier to use a drug you kind of knew how to give and then you go back to the UK and propofol was kind of frowned upon using it. Right. Um, but I think once you start using it, uh, you don't really look back. And like Graham, you said, you know, the risk for syringe swap and I think most of us will have experienced that I've, mm. I've yep. certainly experienced it when thiopentone was given to set of the antibiotics in the middle of a spinal um, <laughs> cesarean section um, with obvious consequences um, but obviously the other way around is when you give it um, yep. give the antibiotics before the saxomethenium
1: mm. yep. no, thank you everyone and there many cases of that, of that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it looks just the same doesn't it um, mm. just trying to think if there's anything else Since so thiop- is thiopentone wear off a bit faster than profile. Oh, it's well, got yeah, a much
0: yeah. greater hangover effect. Yeah. Oh, in terms yeah. of redistribution, redistribution, it may be a little bit quicker, yeah, but it know. definitely has a kind of a residual effect, mm. um, different to propofol.
1: And I think there have been some studies where people did actually do um, comparison of thiopentin and propofol, and they were looking at like the effects on the neonate, and I don't think there was any f- obvious difference. Yeah, About five <coughs> minutes or... Yeah, f- yeah so when, f- when, when, the,
2: when propofol came out in the 1980s, they very quickly looked at... Propofol versus thiopentone for cesarean section, but of course it was all done in the elective setting. Yeah, that's right. Pretty underpowered studies, yeah. um, and it was in the days where there was a reluctance to use much in the way of volatile anaesthetic agent until delivery anyway. Mm. So there was a. Um, suggestion in these studies that propofol was associated with more awareness even though rates of awareness were very high anyway yeah and there was some very sort of low-level evidence that there was a detriment to the fetus or to the um the newborn with propofol hence for many years despite propofol being around thiopentone remained the key obstetric anesthetic induction agent Um, i think
1: more recent studies have shown that there wasn't uh, Significant difference. At the, or the oh, five they're all short-lived. Um,
2: yeah,
1: only um, a few so minutes. That and, outcomes, yeah, and it's probably
0: related dose again, not just necessarily drug, isn't it? Yeah, and maybe duration between time of administration and time of delivery. Yeah, and we are a little bit more cautious now. Yeah. I feel in terms of uh, allowing the uh, obstetrician to perform the cesarean section after our induction. I usually uh, do you think the times a bit, are a bit longer? Bit longer now, yeah, than previously.
1: Mm. Yeah, let's well, go. I think, you know, they don't want to injure the bladder and tear things, they don't want to tear and things like that. Yeah. Um, all right, shall we move on? So, um,
0: and I, I, Oh, and I was thinking, I think I, I, something in my mind twigs that I once read stolting and it suggested that perhaps the uh, time to onset of those is a little quicker than yeah, propofol, but it's is. only by, a f- you know, less than a minute.
1: I think anecdotally, well, certainly when I use it, it did seem to be much more sudden. You give it and you can sort of like count down and then boom, their eyes shut, whereas propofol is a bit more. A little bit slower, Mm -hmm. isn't
2: it? Um, I think the important thing is to give it, whatever you're giving, give enough of it.
1: Yeah, give enough of it. Give a drug you're familiar with. That's Um, what I reckon. mm -hmm.
2: And if you think think about, you know, induction agents for the obstetric side, you've got to think of, you know, you've got to give a drug that does what it's meant to do, which is put the patient to sleep and keep them asleep for uh, the period of time you need them to. There's also got to maintain blood pressure, such that the... um, uh, the baby is uh, the uterine vessels are perfused yep. and not cause any neuro um any, any depression of the baby once born as well so it's also yeah. quite a lot of an induction yeah, which is
1: probably compl- impossible there's going to be some depression of blood pressure and some some transfer to the neonate mm. but as long as it's like you know not significant mm. there's no such thing as a free lunch
0: <laughs> I'm,
1: sure I'm, I'm sure there's better the, sayings. Yeah, come on, uh, Roger. Pick up your game. That's not—it's not a great idea. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> fair to say that you know
2: the amount <laughs> of times propofol has been used for obstetric anesthesia yeah.
1: um,
2: suggests that it is a an appropriate dose, yeah. uh, appropriate drug to use, even though it hasn't been yeah, licensed that's right. for that
1: well, indication. We—it's hmm. uh, we we, all we use now, and we yeah. we must do lots of um, over the k- k- course of a year. We must do lots of GA hmm. Um Right, woman comes into theatre. She's ruptured. She's V sort of VBAC, and she ruptured her uterus. She down in layboard. By the time she arrives, blood pressure sixty over forty. Her heart rate's one hundred and sixty. Her Eyes roll back in her head. She's not
0: really talking. What? A, what are you going to do, Graham? This is a very distressing situation.
1: What, what drugs are you going to give? Forget about all the other stuff. Oh. <laughs> I know me, there's a lot me, of other things I would probably do as well. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know then. if
0: there's any role for midazolam here. Um, yeah. I, I'd give a very small dose of ketamine. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a milligram per kilogram or less. Yeah. Tremendously, and, and that is
1: assuming that mm-hmm. you can get ketamine quickly because in some places it was a, it's a bit of a palaver. You, you mm-hmm. ask someone to get it and they disappear off to find some keys, and blah blah blah. You know, we're going to get on with this case, don't you? So, mm-hmm. so if like, ketamine was like available within a minute or two, I would that's what I would use, yeah. and I'd use a small dose. Mm-hmm. And that's what I use ketamine for is, is people with shock, yes. And I think that's the case, that's that's pretty much what we do outside of obstetrics, too, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, I think pretty much just use the induction drugs you use normally for all people needing anesthesia, yeah. Um, but if I didn't have ketamine, I'd probably just like, give a couple of mils of propofol and put yep. a tube down. Because yep. you've got to get on, she's dying. Yep. Um, all right, what about Atomidate? Anyone know, here use Atomidate? I'll use it once. I ICU in New Zealand. <laughs> use it. No, no experience with Atomidate. <laughs> yeah, I've heard other right. people say it's good. I don't know if anyone... Yeah. There might be some people, we do get some listeners from uh, around the world, and there yeah, might like be it, some jurisdictions s- where it's available. Uh, it's not good it's still themselves. available in the US. It's not good for sepsis um, because you know the adrenal mm. suppression, but um, which is the only patient I've ever used it in—someone <laughs> th- dying of sepsis.
0: <laughs> I have worked with a senior <laughs> uh, New Zealand anaesthetist who um, talked it up yeah. as being a, a good drug to it use. It is quite stable, yeah, in patients who are hemodynamically challenged. Yeah, but yeah.
1: I think ketamine is too, so mm. I don't think we're missing out.
0: Yep. Oh look um, I've had bad experiences with ketamine where an excessive <coughs> dose has been administered it's definitely a um, direct myocardial depressant Yeah. and you've got someone who's uh, shocked it, yep. if you give too much expect um, no yeah. pulse a few well, seconds later
1: Well, someone's hypovolemic and you stick a tube in and start ventilating positive pressure mm. That's that interferes with venous return anyway so yeah. even if you give no drugs that'll, mm. that'll probably knock them on the head Alright so that's that one answered
0: so no. um, my, uh, my take-home um, message would be just feel the pulse as you give the drug. Yeah. Then you can titrate your uh, interventions to effect
1: Ruptured ear, as I also say, get someone to compress their order and give some volume. Yep. Yep.
0: Yep. Um, and then expect coagulopathy.
1: Yep. <clears throat> okay. This is probably the one that stimulated the people who voted for us to talk. Um, so a woman with severe preeclampsia needs an urgent seizure under GA because she's got fetal compromise. And her platelets are only, I said 35, but I might make it even lower because some people would probably do a spinal. <laughs> 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 some brave individuals would go, yeah, stuff <laughs> it, I'll put a needle on mm. her back, I'm keen. 26. Um, let's make them 17. Okay. Her platelets are 17. Her blood pressure is 210 over 110 mm-hmm. when she arrives in theatre. I'm getting flashbacks to a case from mm. about eight years ago. Mm. <clears throat> um, Alright, so what? Are, how are we going to do that? So the fetus is compromised, but it's not a co-blue or anything. They want you to do a Caesar in the next thirty minutes under GA.
0: Yeah, I think you probably you might need about an hour uh, to get her to sleep. Well, to do it, no, to, <laughs> no, 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 to care for her safely. So I yeah. think you definitely pay attention to her blood pressure. <laughs> oh, to get <laughs> her asleep, what are we going to use? <laughs> my, my violin playing. <clears throat> One of the,
1: the drugs that has the slowest brain barbarian <laughs> <laughs> penetration on men. <laughs> maybe maybe she can drink some probiotics. Mm, <laughs> mm. No. Um, Okay. Yeah, jokes
0: aside, yeah, no, no. I think I, I think you've got to stabilise the blood pressure. Yeah. And I think you're probably well, in our setting. I'd be talking to haematology, getting some platelets across. Yeah. Okay. Let's skip. The, take let's skip while. all that stuff. Let's just yeah. talk about induction. Yep. Uh,
1: uh, so. That, so uh, I, I think
2: it's an important point though, Roger, because sometimes that there is pressure yeah. on us to yeah, to okay. get on and do this. When I think Graham, you're
1: absolutely right. You know, yeah. you, you can delay this. We're well, actually. And no, you can I, make I agree. things
2: much much safer.
1: Yeah. Behind. So you don't even need to use. That's Graham's getting a phone call from his girlfriend. <laughs> my, w- my wife. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was, trying to, I was trying to create controversy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you don't even need to like, you like use um, anesthetic drugs to blunt the blood pressure response. To you, you can just take your time and give her hydralazine and mm-hmm. labetalol mm-hmm. and wait until the blood pressure's under control before yeah. you start. And again, maybe give a four gram loading dose you know, of magnesium or something. Mm-hmm. Just use the traditional antihypertensives that you use in severe preeclampsia. Mm. Because most yeah, of the harm from panic. severe preeclampsia,
2: you know, the, the immediate lifelong harm is from um, hypertensive crisis resulting in intracranial events. And yeah, whenever we right. do our simulations, there's always a rush to, you know, try to and not prevent them off to sleep, seizures yeah. or to get them off to sleep and deliver them but when in fact, you know, the harm is most likely from the blood pressure side of things so yeah controlling but, that is the emergency yeah so this maybe, is kind of how i've seen it over the years now yeah yeah
1: and um and so this extrapolates outside of obstetrics too you know if you've got someone with a cerebral hemorrhage or some other hypertensive severe hypertensive disorder um so yeah so just stabilize them before you actually start and then i would probably still use propofol and um probably still use succinylcholine. we haven't talked about muscle relaxants yet but we We'll talk about the sucs, methanium versus rocuronium after this, maybe. Um, what? Um, so we've talked about just using the normal pregnancy-related antihypertensive drugs to get a handle on things, and what are the traditional um, adjunct drugs that people talk about using? So as well as propofol and sucks, say for example, most people give some something else to blunt the hypertensive response to having a laryngoscope in your mouth, mm. like an um, opioid. Yeah, well, there's a whole whole list of them, and to be honest, um, most of the evidence is like small studies of, uh, you know, 30 to 60 people who are not hypertensive. <laughs> mm. So I think the evidence base is pretty poor, and it, well, Matt and I were just talking about it before we walked into the room, that it, as long mm. as you use something and keep an eye on the blood pressure, I think that's probably, as much as you can say, you can't really have definitive mm. black and white statements about this is the best thing to use. But well, what, are, what, are the, what are all the different options?
2: So I guess from an opioid side of um, yep. uh, point of view, you've got um, alfentanil is probably the most common and most yep. easily accessible and user friendly. I would think. What um, dose to do use? I would give two ampules, yeah. so two milligrams. Two milligrams. Yeah, mm. that's what I normally do. Yep. Um, people have used remifentanil. Yep. Again, you've got to reconstitute that. Um, I was once told if you put if you if you make up remifentanil in your usual sort of fifty mic per mill. Concentration. Put it in a five ml syringe and pretend it's a syringe of muscle relaxant. <laughs> I think it the usual <laughs> dose, it kind of works the same. And yeah. I've tried tried that a few times. Again, <laughs> think keeping things simple. Um, yeah, efficiencies.
1: If you're fam- familiar and use remifentanil quite a lot, um, that that's fine. I think um, if you don't use remifentanil much, yeah, stick I, with alfentanil. I think yeah. so too. Mm.
2: Um, yeah, fentanyl.
1: Fentanyl. Um, yeah, apparently it does work. Obviously, is. Yeah, we all know it it takes a little bit longer to work Mm. and it hangs around a bit longer. Yeah, and a possible
2: concern with the baby as well. Yeah,
1: I think I did find one study where there is definitely more Mm. neonatal suppression with fentanyl, so I think stick with the short-acting ones that wear off. Um, Unless the baby's like 24 weeks and it's going to go on a ventilator anyway, Mm. in which case it doesn't really matter.
0: Do the <coughs> neonatologists still get concerned by um, trunk or chest wall rigidity from the opioids? From the like remifentanil? Remifentanil or
1: fentanyl? Or? I don't think they know about it, do they? No. I mean, usually oh, we just say it to them.
0: I thought that's why they didn't uh, use those drugs. Usually they preferred the old style morphine.
1: Uh, the, neon, the neonatologists? Mm. What, where would they use remifentanil for?
0: Well, they wouldn't, but uh, fentanyl I've spoken to them about before for intubation of newborns. and they oh, right, a little, okay. They're a little bit anti it because they okay. think it does cause trunk Okay, I didn't rigidity. know they use any mm. drugs. Mm. No, no, <laughs> they no. Use. They use morphine, but I don't think they give it uh, enough time. Some no, way, of course, not often yeah, mm. to wait. Is
1: mm. like, um, yeah, I think so. I think that's yeah, that's a pretty good summary. Um, what dose of so the other things that have been uh, found in the literature is esmolol, lignocaine, labetalol, GTN, magnesium, dexamethasone, all of those seem to work from the you know the, low, <coughs> the small studies that they've shown.
0: Um, GTN impacts on uterine tone. Yeah, that's
1: right. Um, so bolus of GTN, mm. but then, of course, yeah, once the baby's out, you've, you, you could be causing um, uterine atony. Nitroprusside? Uh, yeah. So all of those things are there. Libetil is definitely there. Um, you know, that's something that you, would, you, mm-hmm. you could use. Mm-hmm. Um lignocaine. It seems that lidocaine or lignocaine, or whichever American or, or British um, version, is uh, not quite as good as Esmolol. Um I guess esmolol can cause like bradycardia in the fetus too. So. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like um, magnesium is maybe not quite as good as the opioids. And the dexmedetomidine works, but it, but you have to sort of give it over 10 minutes. So it would be a good one if you didn't mind the patient having a bit of analgesia and sleepiness and if, uh, if you weren't, like, wasn't trying to crash them off to sleep. And I think the two doses I saw were 0.5 or uh, 1 might pick So Okay. So I think, mm. yeah, it doesn't really matter. I guess you can use any of those um, mm. uh, as long as you know what the
0: side effects are. Mm. Does dexmedetomidine <coughs> have the effect that clonidine has where it acts peripherally before it acts centrally?
1: I've used it a little bit now for like over the last sort of nine months in just general anesthesia for, um, for, for, for elective surgery. And I have, when I've bolus it in quickly, I have seen a bit of hypertensive response. Okay, okay. Mm. So they talk about infusing it slowly. Mm. It's never been so serious. It's a bit like Clomidine, you know, for like one or two minutes. Mm.
0: But yeah. it could tip you over the edge if you're yeah. just so I think mm. That's right.
1: So I think if someone has blood pressure of 210 yeah. over 110, giving a sort of bolus, giving the, the X minimitomidine loading dose as a bolus would be a bad thing. Mm. Yep. I
0: All think right? the other
2: thing, of course, is give a suitable dose of the muscle, uh, of the um, well both muscle relaxant and also the in- induction agent as well yeah exactly and going back to thio versus propofol there's actually quite good evidence that propofol obs- tons the induction response the, the, the pressure intubation. response to yeah. um yep. intubation more than thiopentone. in the early studies back in the 1980s they used to sort of plot the blood pressure profiles after in yep um thio mm-hmm. or propofol and you could say well propofol drops the blood pressure more than thio or you could look at it the other way and say yeah. it doesn't go up as much yep same thing at intubation tomato, so, tomato. so i think in the context of a woman with you know severe hypertension requiring intubation you know
1: a good dose of propofol is is an appropriate yep. thing to do mm. yep i usually mix my propofol with lidocaine now just because it stings anyway um so i'll, be, I'll probably be giving lidocaine anyway but i would definitely give an opioid I think, for someone mm. like this 210 over 110 yes all right um Did you hear about the new movie Constipation? Oh,
0: uh, I've heard about it. I don't believe it's come out yet. <laughs> <laughs> Who said you could steal my punchline? <laughs> okay. Um,
1: actually, I've, I've jumped the gun. We didn't talk about muscle relaxants. God damn it. Mm. I, blew- <laughs> I went straight to the dad chokes. Okay, let's go back. Okay. So, what are the two drugs that are traditionally used? I mean, I guess if someone's fasted and it's an elective Caesar. You don't even have to stick to these two drugs, but well, it's saxymthonium versus rock uranium, isn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Someone else want to, what's the pros and cons?
0: I think Matt knows the answers to all these questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, saxomethonium is a terrible drug uh, from first-hand <laughs> but experience. But I use it all the <laughs> time. Yeah, but I use it as often as I can.
1: <laughs> it does paralyze people quicker than anything else, I think. It does, and I think
2: it comes down to you know, what you're familiar with. Mm. Um, and, and given the abs- there, there is an absence of evidence in all the, everything we're talking about at the moment, you know, in terms of what agents are best for reducing blood pressure surges, yeah. who knows. Um, so use what you feel best in your hands given the evidence for both is reasonable and
1: yep exactly. so i've seen anaphylaxis to both and yes um, so mm-hmm. they don't know if that's uh, so this weighs me one way or the other it's like some methanium um you know i guess it, it, it kicks in quicker uh rocuronium takes a little a little bit longer but if you give a big dose it's not a big deal mm-hmm. no, now with or which we can uh, use fairly liberally now
2: mm. and the fact problem. that you know, rock uranium lasts for longer could be a benefit if you've got yeah. airway difficulties exactly um, and the last thing you want in these situations is the woman you know muscle starting to wake up and cough yeah, up,
1: yeah. up and back on your ringoscope as you put it in yeah. for the third time wondering how, yeah. Yeah. How so, so so it I to think that is a real
2: advantage of rock uranium yeah. in,
1: yeah. A, in a yeah. good dose
0: you know I've modified my induction technique i use apneic oxygenation yep i find using that technique performing laryngoscopy earlier <coughs> um allows me to see the core, vocal cords as they yep. abduct
1: and video laryngoscopy, laryngoscopy. yeah there's a whole heap mm. of things that we do now yeah it's a, do. Yep.
0: so there's many things that have changed that probably influence mm-hmm. um outcomes comparing saxophonium and rockyronium. yep uh which haven't been considered in in the clinical studies mm-hmm. that have been done
2: And the evidence suggests the milligram per kilo of sucks is equivalent to a milligram per kilogram of rocuronium in terms of intubating ease and success from a maternal side of things, Mm. and a lot less fasciculation pain.
0: Yes, and that's the reason I don't like sucks from my personal Mm. experience, (laughs) a week's worth of myalgias. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: because you're an athlete and you've got so much muscle. Of course. (laughs) Either that or you've got a spinal injury and, yes. <laughs> and, you don't, and your muscles are all denervated. Yeah, my in, my
0: inher- inherited myopathy. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> Do you know the other night the, the na- my neighbour knocked on my door and woke me up, uh, knocking my door at 2.30 in the morning? Can you believe it? Luckily it was okay because I was up playing my bad pipes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you hear about the guy who invented the knock-knock joke? <laughs> no. He, he's just been awarded the Nobel Prize. <laughs> right,
1: yeah. oh, I forgot the sound effects. Jesus. God. I'm really off my game today, guys. Okay. <laughs> right, should, should we call it quits?
0: I think so. Put, us, I think put, definitely. put us in our misery. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Please go to the iTunes menu and subscribe to the show if you like it. Write a review. This will also help us uh, get seen by other listeners on the iTunes menu. If you're also interested, please go to our website at www.opsandguiningquipcare.org where there'll be lots of show notes and links to uh, interesting videos related to the topic you've just listened to. See you again next time.